The following program is recorded content created by the Truth Network. It's Matt Slick Live. Matt is the founder and president of the Christian Apologetics Research Ministry, found online at CARM.org. When you have questions about Bible doctrines, turn to Matt Slick Live for answers. Taking your calls and responding to your questions at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. I hope you had a good yesterday and a good today. And if you're uh, interested in giving me a call, all you got to do is dial 877-207-2276. And I want to hear from you. Give me a call. You can also, if you are so inclined, you can email me. Just go to your email and send it to info at karm.org. Info at karm.org. And... Uh, Boy, we've got a light flickering behind me all of a sudden. <laughs> so, oh, man. So now we got to fix that. So there's a light for those of you who are... Well, let me get over here. Hold on a sec. I got to... Oh, wow. That is really something. Hold on one second. Man. Okay. Boy, I had to fix that. Wow, that was something. That was out of reach, too. I had to go out there and fix it. Okay. Um, that's a new bulb. I just put a bulb in there, and it started flickering. All right, so if you want to email me, you can do that at info at karm.org, and that is for, uh, you know, if you have a question or a comment you want me to get to on the radio, but you don't want to call, or you don't have time to call, or it's not convenient to do that, you can email me, and uh, I'll often read the questions on the air, and then... Um, and, uh, and answer them. So well, we have several open lines. If you want to give me a call, 877 <laughs> I just read people's comments with a flickering light. Spooky. Um, it's, uh, let's try to get 877-207-2276. And uh, I want to just uh, plug the movie Nefarious again. I uh, recommend people go see it. Uh, read a review on it. I wrote a review on CARM. Uh, it's a Christian movie written by a Christian, and uh, it's it's very interesting. It's in the style, uh, exaggerated style, so to speak, of C.S. Lewis' work in Screwtape Letters. Uh, I do recommend it. I've already seen it three times. Of course, it's got some theology in it that I really enjoy. So there you go. It's rated R as a Christian movie because of the, I assume, the last, one of the last scenes. And uh, it's... Uh, uh, yeah, I don't want to give too much away. Anyway, but it's not... Well, at any rate. So, uh, there you go. And what else? What else was I going to... There was something else. There was something else. I can't think of what it is, so that's okay. What I'm going to do is get to the callers. Let's get to Travis from North Carolina. Travis, welcome. You're on the air. Hey, man. I figured I'd better catch up. You threatening to get on a plane and come out here and get a hold of me, so I figured I'd better get back in here. <laughs> that's right, man. <laughs> How are you doing, man? How are you doing okay? I'm, uh, I, I had a... We got some feedback. Let's try it again. Go but, ahead. Uh, I had a problem with uh, my other phone. The screen just kind of whacked out on me, so it took me a minute to get a hold of another one. So, okay. Any that, man. Just wasn't trying to stay busy, staying in church, and do this thing. But um, <laughs> I got I got, <clears throat> I got kicked off of a Catholic Facebook page, man. You got kicked off a Catholic Facebook page? Okay. Yeah, I kind of so kind of mm-hmm. tried to trap it out, and I was like, "Hey, I'm I'm kind of new to this faith. I'm wondering if somebody could explain to me Ephesians two eight and nine, Romans three, uh, Romans three three four, mm-hmm. Romans four three, Romans four five. Okay, 
And uh, and uh, they just they just picked me off and won't let me back on. Nobody ever answered me. That's okay. That's okay. Uh, just welcome to the club. I've been kicked off lots of sites. I've been threatened. Um, I've been swatted. I've been threatened with lawsuits. I've been uh, you know, pursued. Uh, you know, all kinds of stuff. Uh, it, and Facebook is nothing. You know, just go to another Catholic page and uh, just continue to uh, to to post. I have a uh, Facebook page called "Is Roman Catholicism True," and that's uh, something you can go to and you can check it out. Um, we don't want anybody to be offensive. I'm not saying you're going to be that, but uh, we always want people to be polite and have uh, good conversations. And what I did, mm-hmm. incidentally, on that Facebook page yesterday, I put up a graphic, and that's a computer-generated graphic right there on is Roman Catholicism true? So uh, I'm uh, learning about AI in different areas and cap- uh, capacities, and that's what I'm doing there. So I'm using two forms of AI now in order to further the ministry. And after I get two down, I'll do a third and then keep going. Uh, so at any rate, so you can go on there and you can post there. And we also have forums on the, uh, we have forums. Or it's, yeah, it's forums.carm.org. Forums, let's see, forums.carm.org. You can go there. We have the whole section on Catholicism. And you can go there and you can ask questions. Not a problem. Yeah, I, I I like I mean I like talking to anybody I can of different religions, but you know Islam, Jehovah's Witnesses, all that stuff. But Catholics are just mm-hmm. that's that's my pe- people. I mean, I like I try my best. Well, you know they're they're lost, and uh, if they believe official Roman Catholic mm-hmm. theology, it's uh, sad. And most of them don't, and that's they just go to the church and they don't actually know what they're being. Taught. Right. It's like that with a lot of Christians too. They don't know what the Bible actually yeah. teaches in a lot of areas. But uh, that's what it is. And uh, my document on Roman Catholicism is over 160, I think it's 168 or 169 pages now. And I just did an analysis on uh, Acts 15, the, the uh, Jerusalem Council, uh, related to Catholicism. Yeah, I just checked like out your uh, transcendental argument for the existence of God. Really impressive. Well, you know, it's there and uh, on CARM, and you can also look up the cosmological argument. And uh, Yeah, I've, I've read that one, the, uh, yeah, all, all of that. Okay, yeah. check them out, yeah, um, and, and learn the, them. What's your, uh, what's your call, uh, your call line looking like? My call, I mean, there's, we have three open lines, we have a person waiting, is that what you mean? Oh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I just had two, two really quick, just, you know, right. seemingly yes or no, I don't probably a little bit more about getting my question but I didn't want to hold you up that's okay what's your um, question I, I've got a uh, I've got a Facebook page myself that I've got going just a little apologetic it's, it's just now getting going so there's not too much on there but I've got a couple of articles I've okay. done um, I, it, I'm not trying to get free advertisement I'm like, um, is there any way that I could send you a, a, a link to that maybe and see what you think about it and see if that's something that you could uh it's a, is it uh, a Facebook page, you said? Go on Facebook page. It's a Facebook page, you said? Is, is that what it is? What was that? Is that, a car, is that a Facebook page, you said? I missed one word earlier. Yeah, it's a Facebook page. Um, okay, just, yeah, it's okay, just tell me what it is. Sorry, just, just go ahead. simple apologetic stuff. Just, okay, what's um, the name of it? What, what's it called? It's time, T-I-M-E, the number four, the defense. Time for the defense. Okay. We'll have people will check it out. All right. They'll check it out. You'll get people okay. signing up and and uh and, and stuff. All right, brother. Sounds good. 
right. And the other one was I it's been a couple of weeks and I've I've still been looking for an email on a how to get uh, you, you, you're, you're muffled. You're, you're, it's hard to understand you. Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um it's it's been a couple of weeks and I was I've still been looking for an email on how to get started with logging into these schools and oh, uh, I haven't got anything on it. Well, we had an emergency last week, and uh, so I was out of the the office all week. Uh, so okay. I remember, and I forwarded it to my wife, who takes care of it, and um, I'll have to remind her. So if you want, just do it one more time. Email me at info at CARM, and I'll forward it to her, make sure she gets that so that you can do that, all right? And sorry about the delay. Uh, oh, no, but, no, no, I understand. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll put. I'll just put my name in a uh, subject line. You know, put. Uh, you know, uh, Matt. You know, just put free online schools. Put a little note in there. Matt said the radio, etc. And then put in what your, your first and last name is, and then put what your username you want and what password you want. Okay. Okay. Let me set it All up right. for you. All right. Uh, so, so my question is uh, Luke twenty four. Um, Mark, I think sixteen or something like that. I know the last, you know, uh, several verses of Mark are kind of questionable. Um, but, uh, Jesus appearing in a different form. I, when the disciples couldn't recognize him, they were their eyes were kept from recognizing him or something like that. that. And I understand, like, whenever he fed them, and it, they could have seen the nail scars and realizes or something. Just, yes, no. I, I know he needs to appear in a different form, so yeah. In Luke 24 is what you're talking about, and also the ending of Mark. But in Luke 24, it says our eyes were beheld from seeing and recognizing him. So that's the reason for that, for the exact verse, but it's in Luke 24. And uh, let's see, let me see. And uh, But their eyes were prevented from recognizing him, Luke 24, 16. Now when you go to Mark uh, 16, um, in my opinion, I, I see I'll never preach out of that uh, section of Scripture. And the reason is, is uh, the ending of Mark, Mark 16, 9 through 20. And uh, I don't want anybody to think that I don't trust the Word of God. I do, but I just know some stuff about this ending of Mark. And you cited one of the problems, that he appeared in a different form. That's verse 12. He did not appear in a different form. He appeared in the same body he died in. That's a, this is a problem. There's that. There's the... A semi-implication of the necessity of baptism, but uh, in Luke 16, excuse me, Mark 16, 16, but it's not there. It, it doesn't necessitate it, but a lot of people like to use it. So those are the two issues there, but also there's a, a very important third issue, and that is that in these 11 verses, there are suddenly 17 words that appear there that don't appear in the entire Gospel of Mark. So you have the entire Gospel of Mark. Let's just say that it's uh, 3,000 words exactly. Let's just say that. And then the last 100 words, 17 new words suddenly appear. And I remember reading about this, and the experts uh, said, one expert said, it, the non-Markan words used in a non-Markan sense. So what it seems to be to me is that the ending of Mark is um, a not an addition, but a recapitulation, probably from memory of a scribe who uh, added that or wrote it in, probably because one of the pages of the Codex of Mark uh, was lost. Uh, 
That's one theory. The other one is that that it seems to be a rather abrupt ending uh, in uh, verse 8. Uh, they went out and fled from the tomb yeah, for yeah. trembling and astonishment had gripped them and they said nothing to anyone for they were afraid and that's the ending of Mark so uh, it looks like no someone added that stuff in so anyway I won't preach out of it because I, I doubt its authenticity okay so yeah, there you go that's the argument I've heard from some people about you know why that why those last 11 verses are are accurate because Spurious. he said it's not rational to to think that they could have just ended with him being trembling and running away well yeah but also there's two other endings of mark that are out there that are not that are there so here's the thing is that it has that doctrinal problem in in verse 12 it just does he did just appear in a different form he did not appear in a different form he appeared in the same body he died in for uh, john 2 19 through 21 first corinthians 15 35 through 45 it, and you can go to John uh, 20, 25, you know, 28, 25 through 28, and no, his appearance at, at the resurrection, he still retained the wound. So he, he rose in the same body he died in. To say it was a different form is problematic. Plus those 17 non-Markan words that appear there suddenly in non-Markan sense. So I won't uh, preach out of the text. Okay? Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, I appreciate it, man. I'm uh, just right. don't don't get to thinking I'm falling back, man. I'm just working my butt off trying to stay busy. You, you you keep it up, man. Keep doing it. All right, everybody. Here's All right, a man, break. All right, God bless. Well, that was Travis. We have four open lines. Eight seven seven two zero seven two two seven six. Be right back. It's Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. Hey everybody, welcome back to the show. If you want to give me a call, all you got to do is dial 877-207-2276. All right. Hmm, interesting. All right, if you want to give me a call, that's what you want to do. And you can also email me at info at carm.org. And uh, if you've got a question or comment, Email me and I can get to it on the air. Let's get to Jim from North Carolina. Jim, welcome. You're on the air. Thank you very kindly, Matt. You are great, very, very great. Near the end of your show on yesterday, there was someone who asked a question relating to perhaps some other religious belief, or perhaps he was either an agnostic or an atheist. Nevertheless, you answered him and disarmed him very, very skillfully. Actually, I missed much of the dialogue of the question and answers between the two of you. And I'm wondering what precipitated all that questioning. Will you be kind enough to maybe summarize it or tell me what the guy was after? I don't remember the call. What was the, maybe, just remember, remind me, what what was I saying? That's the problem. I don't recall. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I guess guess Uh, it's a problem. A a question or two. You would disarm him and and try to get him to respond, and he wouldn't respond. And at the end of the show, uh, you were waiting for him to say something, and all of a sudden the, the line went blank, you know. You don't remember that? No. I, you know, what I do when I, I'm done for this show, 
I immediately switch off, go do something else. I've been doing radio for 18 years, so to me it's like, okay, put the shirt on, go grab a cup of coffee, you know, mow the lawn, do the radio, you know, move that over there. It's just stuff I do. So I don't recall. Maybe okay, someone who listened could remind me in the text of uh, one of the rooms there. We can, I can, uh, you know, can remind me. They'll, maybe they'll tell me. What okay, well, do me a favor. Do me a favor, Matt. Will you talk very briefly on agnosticism and atheism? On, I, I, you're breaking up a little bit. Comment on what and what? Agnosticism and atheism. Oh. Agnosticism and atheism. Okay, uh, agnosticism is a subdivision of atheism, and a lot of times a- agnostics will say that it's not, but it is. And the reason it is is because neither includes God as part of the explanatory um, options for phenomena, truth, ethics, whatever it is. And so, Agnosticism says there is, they don't know if God exists or not. Atheism is more of a positive affirmation that God does not exist. Or they'll sometimes say a lack of belief. But that's ridiculous. And I can get into why. So what I do is when I talk to uh, to them, atheists and agnostics, is I start asking them questions. And just the same basic questions. And I'll ask them uh, what their moral basis is or what their basis for truth is or whatever it is might be. Uh, I ask them how we got here. Uh, do they believe that facts are independent of circumstances? Because these are questions that I would ask to get into conversations. And so I like to witness uh, to them and with uh, or about them uh, and stuff like that. So you know, it's for me, it's it's good. You know, I enjoy uh, talking to them. I don't know if that helps. With the differences and similarities. I'm sorry. I enjoy listening too. You do good. I'm glad you do. Yeah. And uh, you know, I've done a lot of debates with atheists, a lot of impromptu discussions with them. Um, in fact, I had uh, I was on line for about three hours last night, and I was uh, discussing stuff with atheists. Um, we had some, well, let's just say, some interesting, interesting convos, conversations about what uh, what's going on, and they weren't able to really do very well. They generally don't. Okay. Okay, let me ask you this question. Your broadcast is normally a three-hour broadcast? No, no, no. I've done... uh, The show is one hour a day, and it's from 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern Time. And I also do uh, impromptu discussions online using Discord and also using something called... um, Oh, oh my goodness! What I call it, a clubhouse, clubhouse on the phone, and I use and it's it's um, desktop version is called Club Deck, and I'll sit here at my desk, and I have a wireless microphone, and it lasts for hours and hours, and uh, I have my computer in front of me, four large monitors, and I have lots of resources and information. So what I'll do is, depending on the topic, I will. Um, you know, if it's atheism, uh, I open up my stuff on atheism. If it's Catholicism, I'll open up my document on, on Catholicism. If it's on science, I'll open up my document on science. And what happens is, if I don't know something, I'll go into that document, find the appropriate category, and type something in, uh, research, blah, blah, blah. You know, I, don't, I needed to learn something. So I'm doing that with what's called endogenous retroviruses in the, in, uh, the, the human genome and how they are used by evolutionists to 
uh, prove macroevolutionary theory. So I'm researching, reading some scientific articles and stuff like that. And it's because the atheists have prompted me to do that. So I do the homework. They don't do their own homework. But nevertheless, so this is what I do. So it's uh, tomorrow night, for example, I'll be online for two to three hours, uh, Lord willing, uh, tomorrow night on Clubhouse. And it's it's just a Wednesday night thing I do where Matt Slick answers questions. Because my real name is Matt Slick. It's not just a radio name, although it's a cool radio name, Matt Slick Live. So my real name is Matt Slick. And so uh, I use it, and um, and that's what I do. Answer questions. And I teach Bible study okay, on Thursday I nights. Okay, I have a question. Mm-hmm. Yes. You mentioned Clubhouse. Clubhouse is a phone app, and that's what I, I'm on there uh, a lot. Actually, I, I use the desktop version called Club Deck. But uh, yeah, okay. All right. Keep doing well. God bless. God bless. And have you been to the website? My website, carm.org. Have you been there yet? No, I haven't. Well, C-A-R-M dot O-R-G, CARM dot org. And uh, let me just boast about it a little bit. It's uh, 27 years old. We've written uh, thousands of articles, and it's had over 155 million visitors. Okay. I can understand why. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, let's see, so I had 155,914,045 visitors. How about that? I keep records. I used to teach Excel, so I use Excel, and I keep lots of records in Excel, so I know it well. All right, there you go. All right, hope that helps. A lot of info there. Thanks a lot. Okay. God bless. All right. God bless, man. God bless. All right. Let's see. That was Jim, and I forgot what that call was about. I was hoping someone might uh, remind me what it was. I want to know if it was normal to have a church service without preaching. Ah, oh, that's what that was. And no, it's not normal to have a church service without preaching. Uh, it can happen occasionally, depending on circumstances, but no, it should be uh, preaching. I mean, it should be there. Ryan from Pennsylvania, welcome. You're on the air. Uh, thank you, and I appreciate you inviting me to call. Um, I have a question about First uh, John 2, 2. Okay. Um, according to what it says, it says, My little children, these things are written to you, that you may not sin. For if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he is propitiation for our sins, but not ours uh, for ours only, but also for the whole world. Now, according to my research... Hey, we got a break. Uh, hold on, hold on. we got a break because okay. it's coming up for a hard break. So hold on, and I'll put you on hold, and we'll get right back after these messages, folks. Please stay tuned. 877-207-2276. We'll be right back. It's Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. All right, everyone, welcome back to the show. If you want to give me a call, we have three open lines, 877-207-2276. All right, let's get back to Ryan. All right, Ryan. All right. Go ahead. All right, I was asking about First John 2-2, and it says, My little children, these things I write unto you that you may not sin. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he is the propitiation for our sin, and not only our, not for ours only, but also for the whole world. According to my studies, um, to propitiate means to set aside or to set apart God's wrath in this context. Um, is propitiation only applied to the elect? 
Yes. Uh, how do you get that from this verse? Because propitiation means a turning away of the wrath by the offering uh, of a gift. That's Baker Encyclopedia of the Bible. And removal of wrath by the offering of a gift. Bromley uh, said that in International Standard Bible Encyclopedia. So if something is propitiated, the wrath of God is removed. If you propitiated the sin of every individual on the earth, then the wrath of God is removed from every individual on the earth. So it can't be the Okay, I'm, I'm sitting here looking at your principles as guidelines for examining a passage, and you use none of those principles in interpreting this passage. And okay. so... Um, Hold on. Go ahead. So the word propitiation, that's what the word means. So if you're going to use a verse, you should, it, do you think it's a good idea to understand what the words mean? Well, didn't I accurately say that it was putting aside or setting apart God's wrath? I Isn't didn't that an disagree with you, did I? Of propitiation? I didn't disagree, did I? So did he set aside the wrath for every individual who ever lived? According to this verse, yes, if you're going to execute it. So then does that mean that everybody goes to heaven? No. Well, if you're going to say that from this verse alone that he propitiated, removed the wrath of everybody then how could anybody go to hell if all the wrath from them has been removed? Well, once again, you're drawing that conclusion without exegeting the passage. If you're going to exegete the verse, it, uh, it clearly refers to uh, the whole world, every person in it. And so and what, a lot what, of propitiation clearly means uh, setting to... I'm sorry, uh -huh. go ahead. What makes you think the word world means every individual? Where'd you get that? Because, uh, because it says not only ours, which means believers, but also for the whole world. And How do you know uh, clearly it? From you, wait, Jesus, wait, wait. How do you know that? You're just, you're assuming things. How do you know ours only means believers? Well, um, clearly, okay, then what, uh, who is referred to as ours? I'm just asking you. See, I know that. What you're doing, you've, you've got three things here that are important. You've, uh, rightly got the word propitiation but you've misapplied it then you say ours means the the believers but you can't prove that from mm -hmm. the text there and you say the whole world means every individual but you can't prove that from mm -hmm. the text either you're just you're assuming yes, these can. things no you can't yes i can because i've only um, argued this the, about the, thousands the writings times. of john with the writings of john uh clearly you know christ created all things and when he says he was the true light, the light is uh, every man that enters into the world. And he said the world knew him not. Clearly, it was all of creation. This is a consistent usage in almost every single usage of John, that when he uses the word world, he's either referring to all of creation or all of mankind. And um, this is uh, with one exception in John 6. Um, then um, the um, uh, this is a consistent usage of John throughout all of his writings. And if you okay. uh, exegete the, the writings of John, this is what you have to come to. And so, uh, well, hold on, hold on. You're, you're talking a lot. You're hold on, hold on, hold on. Let, let, let's not. This isn't a, a show for your dissertation. I'm asking you questions about this, and you're, what you're doing is you're going to other places. Now, you said earlier just this verse, so I was sticking with this verse. So now you're going outside the uh, verse, okay, which is fine, but you have to understand, first things first, to propitiate means to remove the wrath. Did he remove the wrath of everybody in the entire world? According to this verse, yes. Then how can people go to hell? Um, that's a good question, but if you're going to execute the passage, well, wait a minute. To begin is what wait, it wait, says. Wait. Wait, wait, wait. If it's either the... Well, I won't get into that. 
So if he propitiated a sin for every individual, that means then that the mm-hmm. sin, wrath, the wrath of God upon a person for his uh, sin is now removed from every individual. On what basis then would God judge a person and send him to hell? Again, uh, that is not answered uh, in this verse, but we must begin with what the verse says. So, and it so then says this... That- so then, your interpretation of that fails to account for the other issues of Scripture. We know that people go to hell. You said it was a good question, and you can't answer the question from your perspective. Now, that's the first problem that you have. Now, the second one is that since you already went to other Scripture, you, you do know that Jesus was not sent to the whole world. Are you aware of that? Of course he was. Of course he was. No, he wasn't. Can I prove it to you? Jesus says in Matthew 5, can I prove it to you by reading what Jesus said? Well, you're not going to prove it from the writings of John. So in Matthew 15, 24, Jesus said, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So was Jesus sent to the whole, was Jesus sent to the whole world if he was only sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel? Not according to Matthew, but according to John, he was. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so then, are They're you saying? Are you say, hold on, hold on, Ryan, God. Ryan? Are you saying then that the scriptures contradict themselves? What I'm saying is, is that the context of Matthew is different than the context of John, and that yes. if you're going to take the context of Matthew and impose it upon John, you're doing eisegesis. That is not. I didn't do that. Work. I did not impose yes, it. No, I did not. Yes, you did. I'm asking questions. I asked you, who was he sent to? That's what I asked, and you said he was sent to the whole world. I simply showed you from Christ's own words that he was not sent to the whole world. He was only sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, Matthew 15, 24. So what do you, how then do you, uh, you know, enlighten your interpretation of 1 John 2, 2 based on what Jesus said? Can you include because- because we're told uh, that he was the true light, the light of every man that cometh into the world. We're told by John the Baptist he was the Lamb of God, which okay, comes to take answering. away the sin of the world. We have okay. dozens and dozens and dozens of places that show that Christ okay. died, not only for all of mankind, but, okay. mankind, but everything that fell without him. We have it okay. from, uh, so, from Romans 5. We have it from... Uh, Okay, hold on. Stop, 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 stop. Look, I've heard all this stuff, okay? You don't understand. I've debated this issue a thousand times for decades. All right, seriously. So I understand your arguments. I understand it. And I know how to ask the right questions. And you're not able to answer the difficult questions. Okay? Yes, I can. Then answer this question. If Christ is a propitiation for sin, and propitiation means to remove the wrath, if he removed the wrath of every individual who ever lived, then how can people go to hell? Can you answer that question? I don't know. Okay, don't. so you you said you could answer the question, but now you can't. All right, so that's one okay. thing. I'm going to share with you another verse. This is out of 1 Samuel 3, 14. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to start in, uh, come on, there we go. I'm going to start in verse 13. This is God told, talking. For I have told him that I am about to judge his house forever for the iniquity which he knew because his sons brought a curse on themselves and he did not rebuke them verse 14 therefore this is God talking I've sworn to the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be atoned for by sacrifice or offering forever so did Jesus sacri- sacrifice uh, was it to recover them when God said it wouldn't um, 
Well, first of all, you are using a context of Samuel, you know, which is drastically different from what we're doing in the New Testament. But I God said, that. God said okay, that, that uh, He said there'd be no atonement for His sins forever by sacrifice or offering forever. Does sacrifice or offering forever include the sacrifice of Christ? Uh, that's a good question. I think it's this Old Testament thinking, and I don't think it's appropriate to uh, imply Old Testament thinking upon New so that's, Testament thinking. So that's two questions so you can't answer. Okay. Well, you cannot you cannot execute this passage. Yes, I and, can. And, and uh, no, you cannot execute. Yes, I can. First John two two and yes, show that it, it is limited to the elect. Yes, you cannot do that. If yes, you, I can. And, uh, you ready? You ready? No, you cannot. Yes, I can. Okay. You ready? Who? Who? You ready? Okay, hang on. I'm going who to. Is, if, you'll, says, if you'll be quiet, let power. me do it. I can do it. Oh, go for it. Propitiation for means the sacrifice that removes the wrath. Therefore, it's logically necessary that the propitiatory sacrifice does not include every individual because people go to hell. You've already failed to be able to answer that difficult question. Therefore, it necessitates that the propitiatory sacrifice was for the elect. When he says not only for ours only, he's talking about the Jews because John was a Jew and understood that Jesus was only sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel because it's a covenant that God made. False. Hold on. God knew excuse me, John knew, because he's Jewish, he knows about the covenant that God has with Israel. Jesus was sent covenantally only to Israel. Israel broke the, that the is covenant. That is incorrect. Would you let me finish? And mm -hmm. Israel broke the covenant, so we the Gentiles are grafted in. This was a prophecy that was made in Genesis 12:3, where God said, In you, to Abraham, in you all the nations shall be blessed. And Paul quotes that in Galatians 3.8 and calls it the gospel. See, and then what, so the whole world the means all the nations, not just the Jewish nation. That's what's going on in First no, John 2, 2. My understanding makes sense. I'll give you one more chance after the break. Okay? We'll be right back after the break, and let's see if he can dig himself out of this logical conundrum he's got himself in. We'll be right back, folks. It's Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. All right, everybody, welcome back to the show. Let's give him another couple of minutes. We'll move on. Ryan, are you still there? Yes, I am. Thank you very much for letting me hang on here. Um, you talked about the, um, the that uh, he was saying it's not just for the Jews only. Well, the covenant was never for just the Jews only because Ruth was a part of the covenant. The Ninevites of Jonah was part of the covenant. And uh, they were not Jews. So it was never strictly for the Jews. So to say that he's including other people other than Jews is an inaccurate statement because it was never just for Jews. There were even people that came out of Egypt with the children of Israel. They were also part of the covenant. Uh, no, not true. You just yes, made assumptions about things. No, because the covenant requirement was circumcision, and it was a requirement to, to follow the Mosaic laws and the things that are obligatory inside the Mosaic covenant. And the others didn't do that, but they were utilized by God because God was promising to utilize the Jews and preach the gospel beforehand. Uh, and so I think you need to study covenant a little bit more uh, accurately. But you still haven't solved the problem. If it's a propitiation for every individual, and propitiation is a wrath, the sacrifice that removes wrath, then uh, he, then people can't, can't go to hell. It's a logical problem, and it's a serious problem. And if you can't answer the question, then it means your exegesis is, is faulty. That's inaccurate because I can't execute the passage. Like I say, for okay. our sins, not only our sins, but for the sin of the whole world, clearly he's including at least all of mankind, if not everything okay. that fell. Even so uh, then, if you're consistent so with then, the... Uh, so then he removed the wrath of everybody ever lived, right? So everybody goes to heaven. 
No, not everybody goes to heaven, but the reason they well, then, go to if hell he removed, is not If he removed the wrath of everybody, why does anybody go to heaven if all the wrath is removed? Well, once again, um, this is consistent throughout the writings of John, and that is the way okay. you execute the passage. Why, not just for, would, um, why, only. why would anybody go to hell if, if Jesus removed the wrath from them? I don't know. I, I again. This okay. is, uh, so there I'm you go. That's that's a demonstration okay. that your exegesis is faulty. I can answer no, the question, and I've shown it, but you're not able to. You need to do some more that's research, Ryan. We got to move along. We got callers. We got issues, but uh, you need to study more on this issue. Okay, seriously. Thanks a lot for calling. Let's get to Ron from North Carolina. Ron, welcome. You're on the air. Yes, sir. I was wondering, what is, I, I've been running through Romans, I come to the 7th chapter. Uh, mm -hmm. What is Paul exactly talking about in the 7th chapter? You know, I know he's talking about the law, but is that the Old Testament law he's referring to? Yeah. Um, he, because what he does there is he speaks on the issue of, of marriage and that the law has jurisdiction as long as a couple is there. And when one of them dies, then the the other is freed from the obligation of that law requirement in the in marriage. So my wife and I, for example, tell death do us part, and so we're obligated to stay married through thick and thin, etc. But when one of us dies, the other one is no longer under obligation to keep the covenant faithfulness to that person in a marriage uh, sense. And they, Paul is using the illustration there to demonstrate that. When we died with Christ, Romans six eight, we were crucified with Roman uh, with Christ, Romans six six. So if we died with him, and also Colossians two twenty, Colossians three one through five talks about this. So if we've died with Christ, we've died. Therefore, the law has no jurisdiction over us, and that's what it means. Okay. Okay, yes, sir. Okay, and also yes. involved in this is what a doctrine that not many people are familiar with called federal headship. Federal headship is the teaching that the male, not the female, but the male represents a descendants. This is uh, exemplified in the Garden of Adam and Eve. When Adam and Eve sinned, she sinned first. She gave the fruit to Adam, and then he ate. But sin entered the world through Adam, not through Eve, and not through both of them. Romans 5.12, sin entered the world through one man. And furthermore, when they were hiding, the pre-incarnate Christ came and said to the man, Where are you? And it goes to other areas that talk about this in Romans 5.18, Romans 5.19, 1 Corinthians 15.22, Hebrews 7.7-10. 7, 7 talks about this doctrine of, of federal headship, of male representation. And that's just what's in the scriptures. So, we were in Christ. And the term in Christ is a term of federal headship. The term of federal headship of representation so we were in Christ and therefore we were crucified with him that's what Romans 6 8 says our old self was crucified with him and Romans 6 6 says we died with him and so these are the verses that are it's in Colossians 2 20 I believe uh, for if you have died with Christ to the elementary principles of the world and then go to Colossians 3 for you have uh, 3 3 for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God so what uh, the, the Paul is doing is referencing this idea of federal headship of representation. And when you go to Romans 5.18, uh, just as through one transgression, that's Adam's sin, there resulted condemnation to all men. 
So also through one act of righteousness, there resulted justification of life to all men. It's a very sophisticated verse. I love to talk about that and teach that verse. But it's a, it's a verse that shows federal headship. So this is what's going on. So in light of all of that, when you go to, to uh, Romans 7, after having gone through Romans 6, and I'm teaching through Romans 6 right now in a Thursday night Bible study, verse by verse. So we're going through uh, this. We'll be going through Romans 6, verses 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, probably, maybe through 12. And I'll be discussing the issue of federal headship, and which is a, a very important and repeated doctrine by Paul the Apostle in the book of Romans. So when he gets to, to Romans uh, 7, he's talking about our freedom because we died to the law in Christ. And since he died and we were in him, we're freed from following the law as a means of salvation and pleasing God. Because Jesus pleased God through his keeping of the law, First Peter 2.22. And therefore, since we are in him and we have faith in him, we are seen to be in him and the law doesn't have any power to destroy us anymore. And one last thing, we'll talk about that in 1 Corinthians 15.56. The sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law. So, since the law has no jurisdiction over us, then it doesn't have the power to kill us, to damn us. Okay? Right. Yes, sir. I hope that helps. Okay. Okay? Yes, sir. Bye. <laughs> All right, brother. God bless. Okay. God bless you, too. All right. So, we got a, uh, an email, and thanks for the uh, the rant from... Cigar head in, uh, in Rumble. <laughs> Rumble, if you want to watch uh, the show on Rumble, you can do that. Go to rumble.com and forward slash, was it Carm? It's users forward slash Carm org. Let's go to Rumble, type in Carm org or Matt Slick. You should be able to find the show. Uh, so, this issue of 1 John 2 2 and uh, the previous caller. Now, you may not agree with uh, the doctrine I'm teaching, but if you are or not, that's okay. But there's an issue of logic that needs to be dealt with. And I use this issue of logic with people all the time. And when we talk about what sin is, for example, sin is breaking the law of God, First John 3, 4. That's what it says. Sin is lawlessness, all right? And uh, we know that Jesus canceled the certificate of debt by nailing it to the cross. That's Colossians 2.14. Well, I ask people, I say, look, sin is a legal uh, issue, right? Not just legal, but it's definitely legal. It's breaking the law of God. They say, yes, that's correct. Okay. And Jesus said on the cross in John 19.30, he said, Tetelestai, it is finished. That's a legal statement, actually. The word Tetelestai has been found written in ancient documents, a tax receipt signifying a debt that's legally paid. And they'd write Tetelestai in it. And so, okay, we get it. So Jesus bore our sin in his body on the cross, 1 Peter 2, 24. That's what the Bible says. All right. Now, the wages of sin is death, Romans 6, 23, and people die. Now, the ultimate death is damnation. The physical death is the manifestation and the effect of sin upon us. And it's the consequence of it, the effect. The sin's been forgiven, and yet we're going to physically die, but we won't eternally die. We won't eternally be damned. Okay, anyway. So here's the thing. I ask people. I say, if a debt is paid, can you be held responsible for it? And they'll say, well, no. So if he died for your sins, that's paying the sin debt, right? Yes. Well, then, did he pay the sin debt for everybody who ever lived? People say, well, yes. 
Well, then why do they go to hell? Well, they didn't accept it. And I say, you're not hearing me. If someone pays off my debt at a restaurant or at a car loan place or wherever it is, and if debt's paid off and I don't know about it, the debt's still paid whether I'm aware of it or not. And if I finally find out about it, I get angry. I, I don't accept that. Well, suddenly the debt doesn't become real again. Oh, I don't like it. Oh, now, now it's real. It doesn't work like that. The debt's gone, whether you accept it or not, or like it or not, or receive it or not, is irrelevant to the fact that the sin debt is removed. Uh, the debt that is. We carry this into the issue of the legal debt that Christ paid. If he paid for every individual sin who ever lived, then the sin debt's gone. Then how can you be judged to damnation? And the common response is, well, you've got to believe. Well, belief is a command. And if you don't believe, it's a sin. Is that sin paid for? And they'll often say, well, no, not that one. I'll say, show me where it's not, it's not paid for. Because if it's not paid for, then you still got a problem. Because if someone was an atheist and became a Christian at 50, all those years of unbelief aren't paid for because it's disbelief, right? See, you can't have it both ways. And all I do is use simple logic with people. And it ties them in knots when we come into this issue. And it's not the purpose isn't to embarrass them. It's not the purpose. The purpose is to show them God knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. He doesn't make any mistakes. The blood of Christ is sufficient to save all people. No problem with that. He's God in flesh. It has that power to cleanse everybody. But... Did he bear the sin legally of everybody? That's the question. Now, in 1 Samuel 3.14, God says, He says, I've sworn to the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be atoned for by sacrifice or offering forever. So God says the sacrifice will not work for him, any sacrifice, forever. Well, okay, then that means the sacrifice of Christ couldn't have cleansed him of his sin. At my conclusion, I don't think it's a stretch. And I ask people these questions, and I'll say, well, how big do you think God is? Do you think he's, he's going to waste his effort? Do you think that he's going to be begging people to come in, that he paid their sin debt, now it's up to them and their wisdom to come to him and then make it active? How arrogant to say that an unbeliever in his sinfully enslaved wisdom, then activates the sacrifice of, sacrifice of Christ and then makes it effective to him. In other words, look what I do. I'm the one in my wisdom, and I'm the one by faith activates the atonement of Christ, and then it becomes effective on me. Uh, to me, that's just arrogance. It is. And I, I believe it's a form of foolishness. And so... We have to understand the propitiatory sacrifice of Christ is effective because of what Christ did, not because of what you did. And he bore the sins of his people. He paid for them. And all who trust in him have their sins paid for. It was ordained for them forever ago. And we can get into that in another show. I hope you enjoyed that. hope it wasn't too difficult and too challenging. But maybe it was challenging. I hope that's the case. May the Lord bless you and by his grace... We'll be back on there tomorrow, and we'll talk to you then. God bless. We'll see you. Bye.
another program powered by the Truth Network.